Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? Aye? You'll find out in DJ247's podcast. Here, what's the best game where you swing from a rope? And what's the best game where you borrow the pole? Like I said, you will find out in this your podcast. Hello and welcome to VG247's Best Games Ever podcast, where we attempt to find the best game within a, a weirdly specific category. For example, this week, we're looking to find the best game that you wanted as a child, but never got. Uh, when I was a child, I coveted a game called The Adventures of Willie Beamish. <laughs> uh, a point-and-click adventure game, which I thought was the coolest game ever made because the main character was on the front cover riding a skateboard. I've never cared about skateboarding in any other context, which is why my father was quite right when he refused point blank to buy it for me on the basis that if a seven-year-old wanted to waste money on frivolities, then he should get a job in a textiles factory. He's a very old-fashioned guy. Speaking of old-fashioned, I'm joined today by Editor-in-Chief Tom. A bit rude. It was, 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 it was also very laboured. I do apologise. I was trying to think of a uh, catchphrase I could start doing. Yeah. I'm thinking long-term about merch and stuff, but I haven't got one yet. <laughs> so if anyone wants... Got an idea for a catchphrase? Send it over. Mm. You used to have one, didn't you? Oh, it's just follow VG Tomo. Yeah, I mean, we could carry on that on. The merch is already designed for that, so <laughs> you could just—that's how you could sign on to the podcast. Mm. Um, it works as a greeting, kind of. Uh, we've got associate Al- editor Alex, long suffering. Yeah, always suffering. Suffering particularly this week because I'm like in the aftershocks of, of a COVID infection. Um, so if I sound a bit croaky. That is why. Or if I miss a cough, I am trying to mute myself every time I cough. We're not in the same room, by the way. We are we are in different places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've got guides writer Kelsey. Hello. How you doing? So it's um, your second yeah. time on. Uh, in the time since you were on last, Alex has won like three or four times or something. Oh, nice. Okay. I've got competition. I'll so catch up somehow. It wasn't like, it wasn't a deal or anything. It was just, you know... Just, <laughs> just happened to keep being good at it so and it was annoying tom which was the main draw for me to be honest Mm. um okay i'm looking at what you guys have said kelsey can we start with yours because i think this is the most interesting yeah yeah go for it do you want to introduce it or should i no you go for it okay so my pick is definitely a double-edged sword is silent hills so this game actually never came out which is why i never got it and also, this might seem very, very recent for you two, because it was only, what, eight years ago? I was 13, Jesus, 14 was at the time. Years ago. I was, I'm oh, shocked yeah. at the eight God. years thing. I mean, yeah, 13, I, felt, I was, was going to say, like, you can't have been a child four years ago, surely. No, <laughs> eight years. Yeah. So that for me was a pretty big deal, because when I was 14, I wasn't even a massive gamer. I was very much glued to my Nintendo DS and my Nintendo Wii. Um, and I was just chasing kind of every horror high I could at the time. I kind of grew up on horror media. So when PT kind of emerged, the playable teaser in, I think that was 2014, and it got all this traction on YouTube, it, it was good. It was scary. I was excited. I was excited for multiple reasons, though, because obviously at the time, horror was in this like weird place where people mm. were kind of, well, developers were kind of going for more action routes. We saw like Resident Evil later on. The same thing kind of happened to Silent Hill a bit. So seeing that they were trying to make Silent Hill scary again kind of got me excited. And also at the time, I did not have a PlayStation. So little me was just like, well, maybe by the time this game is actually out and they kind of like attempt to revive Silent Hill, I'll actually have a PlayStation. I'll be able to play it. I'll be able to save up my pocket money 
That never happened, obviously. But yeah, I that that was one of until Resident Evil Seven was announced. That was hands down what I was most excited for. More so than any sort of game growing up, because I was fortunate enough to kind of have all the Nintendo games that I wanted. So beyond that, it was just horror games. You know, I actually I didn't realize that you were talking about um, the the playable teaser. I I uh, when when you initially emailed about it, I just thought you might like Silent Hill in general, and now I'm like, yeah. oh no, I'm really old. I was <laughs> I was definitely in my thirties and working for Tom on a website yeah. when PT came out. It's so. weird because at the time I had no idea who kind of like Kojima and um, Del Toro were because I just I didn't follow that stuff. I was fourteen. I just cared about games at face value. So even looking back, I'm like, okay, even more good that that kind of didn't come to fruition. But it is what it is. I ended up getting an Xbox in the end. I was never a PlayStation gamer. Is, is that because of the slight? Because, of, <laughs> because well, it was never... because I never could afford a console in the end. And then by the time I got a job, Resident Evil Seven got announced, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get an Xbox because yeah. it it was cheaper at the time. So yeah, and was this uh, Resi? It could have been so this, different. Was this Resi Seven? Yeah. Okay, because that was a real reinvention, and probably like yeah, that went through the same thing, which is exactly why yeah. I got so excited about that as, as well. And I think like wasn't Resi Seven quite heavily inspired by PT? I do not know. I would I, say I, I think just... PT they definitely looked at it, but also uh, what's Amnesia? Amnesia. Mm. Oh, that's yeah. the yeah. one, right? That's that's what I mean. When like in the twenty tens, when like horror was in that weird place, the only mm. things kind of carrying horror along were games like Amnesia, even Slender. So yeah. PT came Slender, about and it inspired the... so many people. Yeah. Yeah. PT was like, it's been so influential and been, and it's had, it's had such a, like people still have parties now and, and uh, do special events where they've like someone they know has still got the demo. Cause like, and, and yeah. it's becoming less and less now because as older machines break down and stuff, you can't transfer it to new machines or anything like that. People are. There was. There was that one guy, I can't remember his name, yeah. um, who remade the entire thing. Yeah, and it was like a, tried to a put it on HIO. Shop. And yeah. obviously Konami were like, you know, can you take this down? But I'm pretty sure they offered him an internship off the back of that. And they thanked yeah. him for it because seeing him ha- like remake the demo inspired so many developers at Konami to like start making new games. So still waiting on that reinvention of Silent Hill. But yeah. could could it's... very well be coming, who knows? I mean, but, yeah. it's insane how 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 luck. It's insane how little. I mean, it was such a short thing. I don't remember it being like. It was like, like half did an hour long. about it. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's just a real short burst of perfection, right? And it's like, um, it's one of the most, uh, it's one of the most brilliant and perfect horror experiences ever made. And it was just an advert. Yeah. Um, you're like you know it was like it was almost like well this is Kojima on an off day and it's amazing. I think so, the fact that it was it was kind of like so elusive at the time as well, like when PT emerged, nobody actually knew at first that it was a mm. demo for Silent Hills until yeah. I think someone eventually solved that puzzle at the end and figured it out. Right, it was on a, on a live stream, right? Yeah. Like somebody actually got to the end of it and that was the first anyone knew of it. Yeah, and then it kind of, so that obviously helped with the whole kind of excitement surrounding it. Yeah. It was mysterious. It's Everyone a brilliant thing. Quite annoyed by this this uh, choice. <laughs> not not because it's quite it's a good choice, isn't it? I'm trying to think of uh, problems. You're annoyed at it because it's a good choice. Is that what? Yeah, it's like because the whole I couldn't get it because no one could get it is is a good angle, it's, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, my 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 
one thing is did you you say it did get released did you have any means of getting it like were you trying to earn money back then did when you have was, a job yeah i was doing work experience i got paid very very petty money for it right but part of me was like no i, I want my playstation 4. and you got that xbox in the end mm. yeah in the end like, never got to play pt though it's funny talking about pt and resident evil because I'm, I'm trying to remember the timeline but it's sort of like Resident Evil Seven was introduced in a very similar way, except they didn't yeah. they didn't reveal it to the public. Like Kelsey, obviously, this is way before your time, but yeah. you guys might remember, like the going to Capcom's kitchen. office and being shown, yeah, and being shown a demo mm. where they weren't saying it was Resident Evil, mm-hmm. and they were just like, "Here's this demo for this thing," and it had uh, it had what uh, it had uh, Peter Fabiano, formerly of Capcom, now Bungie, getting his head cut off and all that, yeah. and and yeah, and they showed us that, and they were, and much of the same as PT was like, here's this playable teaser, but they never said it was Silent Hill. Mm. That was the same for Resident Evil, and then obviously, it would have been what four or five months later that we went to E3 and went, oh, it's Resident so, Evil. After I never knew after about that, that demo, you know, Pete P- Fabiano's, in, as you say, he's he's a character in the game. He's in flashbacks, and, and he's stuff. a producer on the game. He was the yeah, producer on the game. He's one of the Capcom guys. I ended up working on that game after uh, after it was revealed, and um, and and meeting. I had no idea that he was like one of the guys where and just met him, and he was like, he's this real person. Like I saw you die. That was <laughs> that was surreal. <laughs> I had exactly the same thing because I went out. Um, I went out to Capcom for Resident Evil 2 mm. and he wasn't, I don't think he was working on Resident Evil 2, but, he um, three. but he came out, he came out for dinner one night and I ended up sitting next to him at the dinner table and it was like this surreal thing of we're chatting about Blackadder and British comedy and stuff. And the same thing, I'm, every time just looking at him, I'm going like, I've seen you get your head chopped off about four <laughs> times. Um, yeah. yeah. I guess that's the surreal thing about face scan, right? Like. I'd love to, yeah. I'd love to be sort of face scanned. I'd love to have a three D model of myself that I can just put anywhere. That's weird, actually. That's a weird thing to <laughs> let's not explore that. Um, Tom, <laughs> what's your choice? Make made a choice quite late yesterday mm-hmm. because I was busy. Yeah. I was like thinking back to my childhood, which was more than eight years ago. Um, <laughs> let's face it; it's yeah. decades and decades. So I was thinking, ago. like, what was that, what happened as when I was a child? And I was like. Games TV shows were a thing. They were like TV shows where they showed off games. There's any way you could see many games before you could play them. Mm. Games Master, Bad Influence, etc. So Games Master um, actually had a few games I was desperate for as a kid. One of them, this isn't my choice, but do you remember that one where you used to, it was like the challenge game. It probably was in Games Master. It was probably Games World on Sky. It was one of those shows where you used to throw knives at someone who was like, in like a, a like they were like tied up. You used to have to cut the knife, the cut the ropes with the knife. Do you remember that? No, no one's no. got a clue. No one's got a clue. No. No. If you're listening no. to this, it's like a mini game. You used to you need to move the cursor around, and like the person was moving all over the place. Is this on the C64 or something? I don't know, but I remember I really wanted this game because I think it was in Games World actually on Sky or something right, like so that. Wouldn't and it was like C64 it was like a, it was like a challenge, and you used to have to throw these uh, okay. these knives to cut someone out. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Games Master, they used to have challenges throughout the show, and one of them was FIFA. And at the time, this was 1993, FIFA was quite basic. It was like Mega Drive, uh, SNES-type FIFA, and it was pretty basic, fixed camera, isometric. World Cup Italia 90. I I actually looked better than World Cup Italia 90, Jim. That was like blobs. (laughs) 
overhead blobs, <laughs> but you could use to run from the centre circle to score straight down the middle. Was yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is like, it, was in, it was an incremental step above like 70 Yes, it was a big step. I actually showed my mum FIFA on the Mega Drive because uh, I was so convinced it was looked real. I was like, mum, mum, come look at this. It looks real, doesn't it? It looks real. It didn't. It looked like one of the most basic games of all time now. But anyway, yeah. FIFA 93 or whatever it was that year, um, so it's probably 92, um, they released a version of the 3DO. 3DO mm-hmm. was like a, a failed console, um, but it was way more advanced than anything else. Like we had, before the PlayStation, all that kind of stuff. So it was like next gen, but only very few people had it. Like nobody mm-hmm. I knew had one. And I they had it on Games Master and they were playing FIFA on the 3DO. But FIFA on the 3DO, it had what at the time was like, unbelievable to my eyes which was like a proper 3d camera and you said all these different camera angles and it would like it looked like fifa on a tv like when you were watching like football real football to my whatever 11 year old eyes i remember it from it looked incredible Mm. Um, and like it's just a an unbelievably good look i was like oh god we've got to get a 3do like it's just unbelievable we have to get a 3do and they had other stuff like need for speed um yeah it wasn't even speed right before it became the the not was as that the one light. that had Marky Mark in it or something? I can't remember, but it was like it had like proper. It was that had all the um, the FMV type stuff. I think back then it was. That's like, what I mean. I feel like it had Mark Wahlberg in it, or maybe I'm confusing that with. I know Mark Wahlberg had a terrible hmm. Sega CD game, make my music video. He was he was deep in all that FMV. I'm sure he was in Need for Speed. He may well sure. have been, but yeah, 3DO basically had a couple of things, but FIFA was the one I was desperate for because I saw them playing it on Games Master. And like, compare FIFA then to football games now, and it's like, it's most likely absolutely awful. But football games were terrible back then. Like, people like Sensible Soccer, it's rubbish, right? Go and play Sensible Soccer, it's not very good. If you think it's good, you just, you clung on to the past too much. But anyway, back then, I was, I was desperate for uh to fee for the 3do essentially um but no, no one no one had it you're laughing at your little funny joke um oh, that's funny but anyway um judged back then this was incredible um i wanted it other people that i was friends with at school wanted it but nobody could could get it because nobody was going to buy a 3do yeah because it's just was it like six hundred pounds or something? It was expensive. Yeah, seven hundred dollars. It's yeah. expensive, and like there weren't that many games for it really. No, and like there was clearly other stuff coming. Like, I was well, like because I was a Sega kid then, so I was like, we must get a thirty-two X. We must and everything else. Like, and it's just I was. That's a silly thing to do, obviously. It was but, uh, the three yeah. D is an interesting one because it was it was a, a horrible, um, just a horrible venture, and, and it died a death, as we know. Um, but it was it was the brainchild of, of Trip Hawkins, who, and his whole thing, because he used to work at EA, and he, uh, as an EA executive, got fed up with having to pay the console manufacturers' fees to publish games for their systems. So his big idea was, well, what if we make a console that's just, there's no fees to publish on it, and it's just a set of standards, anyone can manufacture the machines, anyone can put anything they want onto it. And it's like, okay, that sounds great, except if you are 3DO, how are you making money? And they didn't, and it went bust, and he's now a, a laughing stock. Um, but it's interesting, because there's a lot of stuff that happened on the 3DO, like FIFA, like FIFA International Soccer, that... that 
are sort of like, as you say, it was next gen before next gen. It was like the harbinger mm. of the PlayStation era, really. It was yeah, like a even of... yeah, even when you look at like the first FIFA on PlayStation, yeah, like it looked quite naff because they tried to do a bit more with it, and it couldn't. Really, it was before they went with polygons. It was like yeah, sort of an extension of what they did on 3DO and Mega Drive. Yeah, it was kind of a but 1. with 5, more 3D, yeah. and it was it was probably worse it was one of the like worse than what we had before because they before yeah. they went like like what we think now with like 3d polygon characters and, and players mm-hmm. but i actually think that it was better game before the playstation version arrived i remember getting that version for christmas once and thinking why did i ask for this it's just unplayable rubbish um but i didn't say that to my mum we spent all of her hard-earned money that, it, i was imagining you as a child reviewing it and living throwing room. it back into her face like <laughs> no um hitting yeah. james with it yeah Just, um, yeah i i think like i don't want to get ahead of myself but as a a counter to the game that you could never buy this was the game that was available but most people couldn't buy because it was just the barrier to entry was too yeah, high and quite a ridiculous thing to do because uh, yeah. why spend all your, as a child, your hard-earned paper round money on a console that was going to die? So we've got we've got two really interesting ones here where the, the reason you couldn't get them wasn't just because, like, you know, like your parents said no. It's like there's some really kind of proper kind of industry reasons why uh, these games were difficult to come by. Alex, what what's the story behind your choice? Because I feel like I don't know the history of this. I've heard of it, but I don't know. Is there a reason? Is it because of the country you were in, or you're muted? You're muted. <laughs> I'm a genius. Um, yeah, it sort of threads the needle of the two that we mm. just talked about. Um, because yeah, it's to do with the country I was in. Um, I'm in. <laughs> and so yeah, my my choice is um is Chrono Trigger, which mm. it took a long time to think about about this because there were a lot of games that I wasn't allowed as a kid, and there were a lot of games that uh there was a lot of there's a lot of games that I wasn't allowed, but then somehow got, which is probably another another category for another time. Um, but yeah, of all the games that I what desperately wanted as a child and never got my hands on until much later in life. Uh, this is the best game of that bunch in the sense that, in my opinion, this is one of the top 10 games of all time. It's like a really important piece of history. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just fabulous. But the thing about it was it, um, it came out in 1995, yeah. early 1995 in Japan. And then it came to North America later in 1995 but this was the era when um, publishers just didn't believe that Japanese games like this had much of a market in Europe, which is why, you know, America famously, right, they got Final Fantasy 1, 4, and 6 as 1, 2, and 3. They renamed them as 1, 2, and 3 and confused the world forevermore. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when they did, when they brought 4 over uh, to the States, they in Japan, they re-released that version and called it Final Fantasy IV Easy Type because they basically made the entire game really easy because they assumed Westerners were too stupid to understand all these uh, deep RPG mechanics. Which is funny because Final Fantasy was inspired by Wizardry and Dungeons, which was inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, which of course is Western to begin with. But hey ho, yeah. that was the attitude back then. Mm. And for some reason, 
that went even more so for Europe. So there were so many games that we didn't get. We didn't get any of the first six Final Fantasy games. Um, there were some Fantasy Star games, skipped to stuff like that. And one of those games, unfortunately, was Chrono Trigger. And even when it came to PlayStation uh, in 1999 and 2001 was when the PS1 version came out in the West, they didn't release it in Europe. And so... I actually wasn't obsessed with Chrono Trigger in 1995 because I only really became a JRPG person in the PS1 era. Mm. But you sort of imagine you go, you become a huge fan via games like Grandia, Final Fantasy, Seven, Eight, Nine, stuff like that. Which this was that that was me and Pokemon Red and Blue as well was the other big Japanese that, RPG. That gateway. whole era was a real awakening for for yeah for JRPGs, JRPGs in general. In Europe, yeah. So then you yeah. go online and you start reading, and all your American friends and counterparts are talking about how there's these two games that are <laughs> genre defining, where none of the ones you love would exist without it, and that would be Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger. Yeah, and you just can't get it. And back in those days, it's definitely an era thing where back in those days you obviously couldn't just create a US store account and buy the game and download it as you can now. But also it was really difficult to launch foreign games. Like, you know, the one I always think of when I think about imports is Animal Crossing on the GameCube. I feel like that was the first awakening in Europe yeah, of yeah. for whatever reason, Nintendo Europe decided to like wait an extra year after releasing that game in the US to release it in the UK. And I remember oh, I wish I could remember what the name of the website was. Um, I want to say Andrea sang, but that was a news site. But it's was... so weird to think that Europeans wouldn't understand a game about like colonialism. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And we invented but, it. you know. But the, but you know, I just remember ordering Animal Crossing, and there was like the action replay disc you put in your GameCube, and then swap Animal Crossing in. I remember also ordering a Wave Bird from that website because the Wave Bird wasn't available in Europe, the wireless Still controller. Still no. Still like the They GameCube. changed. I, didn't they change the Animal Crossing for the GameCube where it, like, they, they totally westernised it? Because it wasn't initially Animal Forest in Japan. Yeah. Yeah, it was Animal yeah. Forest. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think, you know, I think, um, yeah, I just, so when I think back on that stuff, wasn't possible. Um, by the GameCube era, you could buy a disc and use that disc to hack the machine. I remember doing it for Smash Bros. Brawl as well, because for some reason that also was delayed for Europe. But this wasn't possible then. In fact, the US uh, Super Nintendo cartridges are a different shape. So even if I'd acquired one, it wouldn't have physically gone into my SNES. And so that was me and Chrono Cross. And it was this game where I watched clips of the anime cutscenes from the PlayStation version. There was no yeah. YouTube back then, but you would download tiny, horrifically compressed mob files from fan sites. Is that and the watch sort of it. thing that would have ended up on cover discs as well or Probably, yeah, yeah. 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 And and like so I I just remember, you know, obsessing over that game, like hearing about that game when it was just a Super Nintendo game. And then the PlayStation port gets announced and it's like, oh my God, finally we're gonna get it. And then they didn't bring it out. Yeah. And it was just it was just brutal and it wasn't really and so eventually obviously I played it through emulation. Um as emulation got a bit better and that sort of thing. And then eventually of course they brought it to the DS. But that wasn't until two thousand nine. So and by then I was definitely an adult. So um yeah, Chrono Trigger, it's one of the best games of all time. The legacy of it is incredible. Um like mm. I'm reviewing a game right now, uh 
trying to think when this goes live. Does this go live this week? Yeah, it will. Yeah, I'll go live Okay, so I'm reviewing a game right now. I can say I'm reviewing it. I can't say anything about it, about it. But Live Alive, which is a game Nintendo's putting out a remake of, is sort of the game that the guys who made Chrono Trigger did before they went to Chrono Trigger. Mm. It's so interesting to finally play that game because that game never got a Western release at all. Um, Chrono Trigger was the first game to use the term New Game Plus. So when everyone talks about that now in every game, in Assassin's yeah. Creed and everything else, that's from Chrono Trigger. The whole industry owes so much to that game. And that's why I was like, well, when I think about games that I lusted after for years and ultimately didn't get until much later in my life, the yeah. absolute best game of the bunch, the most important game of the bunch, is Chrono Trigger. So that's why that's my pick. I mean, you've made a beautiful case for it. Um, but I, but yeah, just an argument. I, <laughs> you're going to say what I'm about to say. I know it. I've got a few arguments. So I'll do one. You can All jump right. in with another okay. one. Right. right. Best game you wanted as a child but never got. Yeah, I never that got it as a child. I never got it as a child. You got it. You got, I don't yeah, think you it's, got it in the end. You got it. I mean, I think that disqualifies you automatically. The I other mean, thing, which Donald's I was going to still very young. We've got I mean, he's not a child tech, tech. anymore. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, how old were you in uh, in two thousand and one? Me, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I would have been. Uh, God, that's an interesting. I would have been eleven, wouldn't I? Yeah. In two thousand and one, you were oh, eleven. No, it's not, it's a fucking hell. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe you been, were. I mean, I don't know when you were born. I would have been. Uh, I would have been twelve. Yeah. You were right. twelve. I'm just working, doing the maths. Nineteen eighty nine. I couldn't walk. Jesus. Um. Okay. Fine. Yeah, I would have been twelve. That was so. You think about think about my history, right? Like, where, where did um, you get? When did you get? When did you finally get Chrono Trigger? When did you play it? Well, DS. So two thousand nine. Um, there was so dabbling. With, adult by that point. There was dabbling with low quality emulation, but well, it was eight years later by well, the time I got the. What? How old were you when you got it on the DS? <laughs> Twenty one. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's allowed. I think it's. Were you an adult when you got on the DS or not? I was 20. I was at university. <laughs> yeah, 19, 20. Technically, your brain doesn't mature properly until like you're in your that. 20s and like, mid-20s, 25. I can't I believe, by the way, Tom, you just somehow made me doubt my own age. <laughs> I said 11 and you went, what? And I was like, oh my God, have I just said the wrong said the wrong thing? How in old fairness, am I actually? Like, me and him both uh, were both aghast when you said you were 11 in 2001 because I think we were both like in our 20s by that point. If you think about my history, um, mm. I started doing the Final Fantasy fan site and became obsessed with all that stuff when I was about 11. Mm. So when the PlayStation 1 version of Chrono Trigger came about, it was right as I was like falling deep into the thick of this. And so everybody on the forums was really excited for the PS1 release, all that sort of stuff. And then it just never happened for me. Um, and so it, it must have felt like a betrayal for a long time, I guess. Or, or, or uh, well, it just it just huge... sucked back then because you couldn't get yeah. the pla- you couldn't like get one the of old the major fantasy games of your life at the time. Yeah, and it was yeah. like you know, um, yeah, yeah, and it was it was also that weird thing of like gradually emulation became an option as SNES emulation got better and better and better. But then it was like this thing of no, I want to play the version with the anime cutscenes and all this stuff that's been added. Yeah, and so that was yeah, that was um, and you know it was a long suffering Chrono right. Europe only just this year got Chrono Cross for the first time ever over twenty years after it originally that's... released the sequel. That whole series just sort of got screwed in that sense. That's insane. Um, uh, so some, I mean, somehow you've 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 got like an answer that's like current <laughs> in that sense as well. Um, 
as I say, we've got we've got three uh, really interesting choices here, and they're all sort of like not only could I not play it as a child, but there's a really good reason why, and it's not just because uh, my dad didn't see the point. Um, two, I think two of them should be disqualified. <laughs> and which two would those be? Tom? Do you want to hear why? Right. So. Uh, right. Okay. Right. So Kelsey's choice, right? Yeah. So this game, the best game that you wanted as a child but never got, mm-hmm. is a game that no one's actually ever seen. Well, we, we saw the demo. We saw but the, PT's de- a, the, the PT demo is incredible, though. Yeah. yeah. We're not talking about the demo. That's If this was best demo we got for a game that was never We released. can talk about PT then, because I technically never played PT. No, it's too, it's too late now. <laughs> it's far too late for that. So that's disqualified, because that Silent Hill was like, who knows, right? what we saw was that little bit with Norman Reedus at the end in the in the street, right? So <laughs> just no clue how good that game is. Alex is one, right? He's just admitted that he's played it. Okay. He's, he got it. He got it. He played it. It's fine. It's fair you enough. You know what, Tom? Good... I didn't just play it. Once I finally got that game in full in 2009 as a grown-ass adult, I have a habit of replaying that game at least once every 18 months or so. Okay, it's that it's good. Just, I just replay this, it on the regular. Just digging this hole even deeper. Right, All right so okay. He's no, gone. but imagine how, my, imagine how my life would have changed had I got that game as a child. Yeah. A game that I mean, good. It, 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 it does say wanted as a child, but never got not, but never got while still a child. So, I mean, he's got you on that technicality. Only leaves um, one of us, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think wanna... it would be a real shame to let a FIFA game win. That, there is there. also that, but uh, I tell you, I tell you what, he, right? So if Kelsey had said PT, that would win because it's really interesting. It's the most interesting one. But I'm still going to give it to Kelsey because I think the allure of Silent Hills is even greater for the fact that it never got made and clearly exists in probably a 75% complete form somewhere. So like people will a, still be talking a, about PT yeah. and Silent Hills yeah. in 15 years. To have a game that was never completed and never released to have this much influence over the genre is uh I mean frankly unprecedented. Um so I think for that reason whether it's PT or Silent Hills being uh, being entered in we can count them as one thing. And uh, and that's the winner as far as I'm concerned. Right. And just I, I, so, can't, just, I can't give it to a few Just game. just to be clear so next next <laughs> week when we do another uh-huh. podcast I was going to bring in multiple games, right? That's the new rule. No, no, yeah. because this, they, because Silent Hills <laughs> and PT are intertwined and they cannot be separated as concepts. Right. They in, are, your, in your mind, most they are the same thing. can see them as separate things. One, a demo. No, because... And the other both, one, a thing that doesn't exist. Because they are both... They are both intent... They are both, like, statements of intent. They are both concepts that never quite... They both represent a Silent Hills game that never exists, that never actually. And you know, actually, my second choice for this weirdly uh, would have been um, would have been Sonic Crackers, (laughs) which people probably don't even know what that is. But Sonic Crackers was like a beta, uh, an alpha, whatever build that leaked, Um, and it was like a concept build. And the basic concepts of it became Knuckles Chaotix, the thirty-two X game, which was also another game I wanted as a child but never got. And I genuinely did never get that because I've never owned it because it's like eight hundred pounds for a box copy these days. Should have picked that. Um, but it's not. A, it's not a good game. It's a problem with uh, oh, Chaotix. Okay. I have. Pl- I have played it. You know, via other people. That's the other thing, since. Tom. We can be reasonably sure that Silent Hills would have been a good game had it. Like we can, we can be almost assured on that one. No, it's fine. Involved. It's fine. We're just changing the rules. 
it's fine. I'll just know for next time that we can just make stuff up. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I think uh, I think we've we've decided pretty definitively now that Silent Hills is the best game you want as a child, but never got. Yeah, I can I can respect that. I can go for that one. Tom can't respect it, but he's going to have to live with it. <laughs> I, uh, I I I believe I believe thoroughly in my interpretation of the of the question. But yeah. I, I I as soon as as soon as Kelsey said what her pick was, I was like, before me and Tom had even spoken, I was like, that's definitely the winner. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah. I don't know. Cool. I was pretty convinced by the whole Chrono Trigger argument. It's one of the best games ever made, yeah. but I did. I did. It depends on how uh, how how pedantic you're being about the uh, about very. the wording. Yeah. Very, but, yeah. Uh, very, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Silent Hills is the best game that one of the panel wanted as a child but never got. Thank you for listening. We are, of course, not just a podcast. We are read you twenty four seven. We do news. We do reviews. We do guides. We do features. We do all that great stuff. Uh, so, check out the website at vg twenty four seven dot com. And if you like this podcast, please, by all means, leave us a five-star review wherever uh, you get your podcasts because uh, it really helps us out. You know, people uh, people see a five-star podcast and they think, I've got to check that out. But people see a four-star podcast and they think, mm, don't feel so compelled to check that out. So if you think the podcast is worth less than five stars, just, just take a walk. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, please review it, subscribe, and check out what else we do on VG247.com.